Hey guys, welcome back to your Kingdom Dynamics podcast. So what we're doing here is I am teaching you what you won't hear in church. I'm teaching you what is really not Christianity. Christianity is a religion. Christianity, look at the Jehovah's Witnesses, look at the Catholic Church, look at the the Freemasons, you know, they, they believe in they believe in God, they say. So don't be offended when you realize that you have not yet heard or believed really in the message of Jesus. You know, unless you are born of the Spirit of God, you are not saved. You're not a Christian. So a Christian isn't someone who goes to church who wears a cross, a Christian is somebody who has died to themselves. They have given their life to Christ and they follow him. They actually obey his words. They actually cross the road and help out their neighbor. They actually feed the hungry and clothe the naked. They actually no longer live, but Christ lives through them. That is only possible when you are totally possessed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit owns you. You have given up your life. You don't do the will of Satan. You do the will of God. And so many of you have not really heard the message that Jesus preached. If you read the Bible, you will find that Jesus Christ preached the kingdom of God. John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. Every single parable that Jesus preached was about the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the message. The kingdom of God is the message. The kingdom of God is the message. The kingdom of God is the seed. The kingdom of God is the fruit. The kingdom of God is the government, the country. It is what we're meant to seek first. And so Jesus didn't, did not preach church growth. In fact, he explicitly said that he would build the church. It is not up to you and I to build the church. That is heresy. That is false doctrine. It is not up to you as a pastor or as a leader to build the church. Jesus Christ explicitly says that he will build the church. He said, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So I'm not saying that, you know, all Christians are not saved. But I am saying what Jesus said, and that is that many will will find the path that leads to destruction, and very, very few will find the path that leads to life. Jesus said that the seed of the kingdom of God falls upon the soil of men's hearts, and he says that only about a, a quarter of those seeds fall on the good soil. And he describes the good soil by saying that it is the person who, number one, hears the word. Which word? Not the word of salvation, not the word of Christianity, not the word of Jesus, 
not the word of church growth or of a prosperous life or of anything else other than the word of the kingdom. Jesus explains that that 25% is the one who hears, spiritually hears with their spiritual ears, the word about the kingdom of God. So if you, if you haven't heard the word about the kingdom of God, it's very possible to be in a church and not hear the word about the kingdom of God, you know, ever. So you might hear about Jesus, you might hear about healing, you might hear about salvation, and maybe technically you'll get into heaven because you believe in Jesus and, and you've, you've said that Jesus Christ is Lord. But, but saying Jesus Christ is, is Lord is, is not about the words only, it's also about actually doing it. Because if Jesus Christ is your owner, because that's what Lord means, it means owner. If Jesus Christ is Lord, then he owns you, which means you do what he says. So Jesus isn't going around, you know, doing some of the things that that, that you and I might find that we're doing in our religious Christianity. And so, so this podcast is about preaching the message that Jesus preached, which is the message of the kingdom of God. Now, it is not what you expect. It is not what you think. Have a look at Paul, who was in prison for most of his life, who had everyone leaving him, who he seemed to have no wife, no kids, no friends. He was alone. He was shipwrecked. There is great suffering in the kingdom of God. You know, just because you look at a Christian who has, you know, their own TV station and, you know, they may have a huge ministry, God bless them. I'm glad that people are hearing about Jesus. But, but, but who's to say that they're even in the kingdom of God? Because Jesus, again, explicitly says that not even the angels know those who are saved. He said, lest you gather up the tares and the wheat together, I want you to wait until the end of the age. He said, at the end of the age, we're going to send out the angels. We're going to gather together the good fish and the bad, the good sheep and the goats. We're going to gather together the wheat and the tares, and we're going to burn the tares. We're going to throw away all of those who practice evil. So when you have a kingdom understanding, you realize why it seems like bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And how did that Christian, how did that pastor fall away? How did that worship leader become gay? How can you have a gay priest and a gay, how can you have abortion? How can you have so many divorces in the church? I'll tell you why. Because Christianity and the kingdom are opposites. I know that's really hard to understand, but you Christianity and the kingdom can be mutually exclusive. Christianity can be a religion. Jesus said this himself. He said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Now, who are they? They are Christians. They're not Muslims calling him Lord. They're not Baha'i calling him Lord, Hare Krishna's calling him Lord. No, he said, many Christians will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say, 
you know, get away from me. I never knew you. So even Jesus says this. So don't throw out the baby with the bathwater today when I tell you the truth. So the reason I say all of this is to shock you into understanding the kingdom. Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but to bring the sword. That's the message of a king. Oh, but how can God, you know, be be a murderer in the Old Testament? He flooded the earth. He killed everybody on earth. How can God, you know, be be a loving God in the New Testament? I'll tell you why. Because you, if you have a religious mindset, if you have not understood the word of the kingdom of God, then Jesus is not going to be your king. He's going to be your friend or he might be your religious figure. You see, a, a person who has a religious understanding of Christianity of the Bible, they cannot reconcile God being a God of love and then sending people to hell. They can't reconcile God being a God of love you know, and of forgiveness and then and then and then not accepting homosexuals they can't understand a god who 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 killed people in the old testament and then rose them from the dead in the new testament but i tell you how you can reconcile that you can reconcile that when you realize that jesus is a king he's not a religious ruler he's not a kumbaya hippie He is the king of kings. It says in Hebrews chapter 2 that he hates lawlessness, hates lawlessness, hates injustice. Proverbs says that God hates a liar, hates a hypocrite. He hates unjust scales. This is the same guy. This is the same God. But when you realize that Jesus is the king, he's sitting on a white horse The white horse is frothing at the bit to come back. He's kicking at the stables right now. He wants to and will crush his enemies under his feet. He will turn them to dust. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. He laughs at the nations who literally today are a cabal, Psalm chapter 2. They're literally today sitting and planning and scheming to take over. Everything that's happening now, guys, obviously, is preparing the way for the Antichrist to come. The whole world is colluding and combining and converging under one Antichrist government. Now, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to pray and we're going to hold back the Antichrist. And I'm going to get into that why and how we do that later. But I need to make sure that you understand and read the Bible from a kingdom perspective. I want to recommend the basic you know, understanding of the kingdom from Dr. Miles Munro. Have a look at his books on the kingdom of God. Have a look at the interviews between Benny Hinn and Miles Munro on YouTube until you understand the kingdom, you, you will have an aha moment where you, willing, you will want to sell everything for that one pearl of great price. So Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom of God. A king is about conquest. 
A king wants to conquer. A kingdom must expand. You see, God wants to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. God wants to, he wants all men to be saved. He wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He wants you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them into the name. Now that is extreme. That is kingdom. God is wanting everything. He, the Bible is very clear that he wants to continue to expand. The universe is continuing to expand under his voice. So then when you, read, when you read the words of Jesus and he says, you know what, I'm actually a hard, a harsh master. You know, I'm, I, I'm going to reward the shrewd servant, the one who went and, and made, quickly settled his accounts to protect himself. He said, I'm going to reward that person. He said, I'm going to reward the person who's faithful. I'm going to reward the person who's a hard worker. I'm going to reward the person who keeps watch. Sounds like a smart man. Sounds like a businessman because he is about his father's business. So Jesus wants a reward. He wants results. He wants implementation. He wants you to work he wants you to bear fruit. And if you don't bear fruit, he's going to prune you. And we're going to get into that as well. So Jesus Christ, when he says things like, I'm going to turn a mother against her son and a son against his daughter and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to turn, you know, your enemies will be members of your own household. That is because there are two kingdoms. So you can be in church and half of you are in the kingdom of light and half of you could may be in the kingdom of darkness. I mean, Jesus said of the Pharisees, your father is Satan. These people thought that they were saved. They thought that they were going to have heaven. But Jesus said, you do the will of your father, the devil. So we need to repent. We as Christians need to repent. We as Christians need to change our mind and see and understand the kingdom of God. Jesus wrote to the churches in Revelation chapter 2, and most of them had to repent. Most of them had to change. They didn't have ears. They needed to have ears that, that hear, spiritual ears that heard spiritual words from Jesus and implemented them. You see, the only way to survive this is to implement the spiritual things that the Spirit is saying. In fact, I'd go so far, and this is just absolute basic zero, but not, the kingdom only expands when you obey the Holy Spirit. The kingdom doesn't expand when you decide to start a business, when you decide to get married, when you decide to to do something for God. No, the kingdom expands only when the Holy Spirit is living inside of you and you obey him. So the Holy Spirit says, don't go home today. Go past, you know, Robert's house and and give him $50. Or, you know, on your way to the shops, I want you to to stop and and I want you to pray for this person. Now you and I can easily not go home and 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 give, you know, we can easily miss the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. But it's only in those moments when the Holy Spirit speaks to a born again spirit-filled believer who understands the kingdom. It's only when we 
implement what he says that the kingdom expands. So sometimes it's a small thing like, you know, dropping in at the shops or sending a text message to somebody. Sometimes it's a really big thing like starting a Bible college or or publishing a book or going around the world as an evangelist or buying a stadium and filling it with with people to hear the gospels. So when we obey the Holy Spirit in the moment, the kingdom comes. So let me just help you out here now that I've sort of shocked you into being open to understanding the kingdom of God, that this is the words that Jesus preached. What I want to say to you today, now that you're ready to hear it, is number one, you and I are the gate of heaven We are the only place that people can access God. Now, there are many gates of hell. You know, you can access Satan and the devil in many places. You just have to turn on the TV. You just have to turn on the radio. You just have to go, you know, go to a nightclub. You know, there are many gates of hell. You know, really, any person who's not saved is a gate of hell. The Bible is very clear in Paul's epistles that that people who are not saved are totally under the control of Satan because they are in the kingdom of God. You know, sorry, they're in the kingdom of of darkness rather. So what I'm saying to you, the the Proverbs says, if you go to see a prostitute, you're, you're going to hell. You know, you're opening yourself up to hell. So the the prostitute is a gateway to hell, okay? Now, there are many, many millions of gateways to hell. That's everywhere. The path that leads to destruction is wide, okay? But there's only one gate to heaven, and it's you and I. It's a Christian. It's a born-again, spirit-filled, kingdom Christian. In other words, the church... Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because the church is the gate of heaven. Bethel was where God was. Bethel was where Jacob's ladder, where Jacob said, you know what? This is the gate of heaven. So you and I, number one, are people's only way to God. They're not going to get to God by some accident. They're not going to get to God by some angel visitation, although these things do rarely happen, it is possible. that they're, they're not going to get to God just by walking into a building, a church service, although that does happen. But ultimately, basically, they're going to get to God. They're going to get to God through you and I. So you and I are a portal. We are a portal to heaven. When you see me, you see the Father, Jesus said. But then he said... This is his own words. He said, but as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. So you and I can say that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the door, the gate for the sheep. Let them come. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. See, Paul understood kingdom. I believe he understood kingdom because he was shown these things. I believe he was taken up to heaven. He saw heaven and he figured out that that's what it's meant to be like down here. I know Dr. Kevin Zadai has 
had a similar experience to Paul and to John and to many others. He's seen heaven. He knows what it's meant to be like. And he came back with, you know, a kingdom understanding. So you and I understand that we are the pillar and the grounding of the truth. We are the gateway for people, the only way. I want you to walk around tomorrow. I want you to walk around today knowing, thinking of yourself as the only way that the person who's in front of you can meet God. It changes your idea of evangelism. It changes your idea of discipleship. As, as you see me, you see the Father. You are the Father. You are the Father God to people. You are reconciling people to God. You are saying, this is the way to God. Be like me. Follow me. Because you're following Christ. So you are the image of Christ. You're the body of Christ on the earth. Number two, so the first one is that you are the gate of heaven. Number two is that you are to love the shaking. There is a lot of shaking going on right now. And Hebrews talks about, you know, God's going to shake the heavens. He's going to shake the earth. Now, there's, there's been a little bit of shaking already. You know, there are wars and rumors of wars. But, you know, this whole coronavirus thing, if you go back to my early podcasts, I explained all of this in great detail before it happened. Um, but what I started to say a number of years ago was God is first shaking the church and then he's going to ch- shake the world. But the, the, the truth here is that the shaking is good for you because the shaking reveals which kingdom you are of. So it's only when you find yourself in prison and you're able to praise God that you know that you're really saved. It's only when you're under pressure, when you know what you really believe, when there's no money in the bank, when you can't pay your bills, do you start to worry like the pagans do, like Jesus told us not to do, or do you begin to seek first the kingdom and say, you know what? All my needs are met in Christ Jesus. I have all that I need. I'm amply supplied. God, you're my provider. So it's only when the pressure comes on. So what I'm saying to you is a secret, it's a key, is to run into the fire. Don't try to avoid pain. Don't try to solve problems. You're by yourself straight away. Go to the kingdom of God. Realize that all of your needs are met. As you seek first the kingdom, all else is added to you as well. Whatever hurts you have, whatever needs you have, whatever problems you have, whatever you're feeling, it is often a demonic cycle that is trying to keep you in the flesh. Now, remember, no one who's in the flesh is going to please God. Those who are, who are in the Spirit please God. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. But those who sow to the flesh cannot please God. The flesh is at enmity with God. It's the opposite, the enemy of God. So don't try and pay your bills by you know working harder and figuring it out in your own mind. God, when God has a way for you, wait for him to speak to you about everything. Know him. Talk to him in the morning. When you don't feel like it, when you don't feel like praying, when you don't feel like reading the Bible, then you run into the fire. Say, God, I am weak. 
but you are strong. Say, God, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. Would you help me? So what you do is you realize that the shaking is for you. Many, don't wait. Many of you are waiting for coronavirus to go away, for the churches to reopen, for lockdowns to end, for everybody just to get the vaccine and or not get the vaccine, and for things to just go to go get back together. Listen, things have never been together since Adam and Eve in the fall. They've never been together. The answer isn't to wait for your problems to go away. The answer is to let the problems form you. Let them form you because you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Fear not because Jesus has overcome the world. If you're waiting for your debts to be paid off, if you're waiting until your house is paid off, if you're waiting for your children to finish college, you will never get there because you will never have a day without problems. There's going to be something wrong. And if it's not with you, it's with someone else. And, and you know what? You might pay all of your bills. You might you know, build the church and pay off the building fund, but there'll be something else. So there's, You're never going to get there if you're waiting for the world to be perfect. That is part of your spirit who knows the fall. You know that you have a mansion in heaven. You know that you have a citizenship in heaven. So what I'm saying is embrace the shaking, embrace the problems, embrace the fire, run into the fire. Jesus not only baptizes with, your, with his spirit, but with fire, fire purifies. Many Christians, many of you are running away from the fire. And I hear God saying, you, m- most Christians spend 99% of their time avoiding the fire. Most Christians spend 99% of their time running away from the fire that God prepared for them to burn in. He prepared that crisis so that you could be formed because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. We rejoice always and in, in everything we rejoice we're more than conquerors. All things work together for good. So Rather than waiting for the problems to go away, rather than complaining and wondering why God doesn't fix your problems, lap them up. Enjoy them. Yay, God gave me another problem. God gave me another impossible problem. Because that is an opportunity for Christ to be formed in you. It's not some religious thing I'm saying that looks good on a poster. It's really practical, implementable action. That if you have the right attitude and a kingdom perspective, your problem will launch you like the crucifixion of Jesus launched him to being far above every other name. He got promoted, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were promoted from the fiery furnace. Joseph was promoted from prison. So it's a catapulting opportunity. It's an, it's an opportunity to go to the next level. And most Christians, because they don't have a kingdom understanding, they don't want to eat meat. 
They don't want to listen to a podcast like this that will challenge them. And They gather teachers for their itching ears because they don't want to change. They want to drink milk and not eat solid food. They're looking for people they agree with rather than listening to someone a little bit crazy like me who will actually push them over the edge into the kingdom of God. We need to repent. We need to change our mindset. So number one is that you are the gate of heaven. You are the only door for people to enter heaven, okay, to to meet God. You are the gate. Number two is that God wants to, he wants you to run into the fire. He wants you to enjoy the shaking because if you are standing on the rock, what have you got to fear? When the waves crash, when the wind beats against your house, you are immovable. You say, bring it on, hurricane. Bring it on, COVID. Bring it on, economic crisis. There's a mass, I think there's an economic crisis coming, but you can't wait for the tsunami. You can't wait. When everyone else is freaking out, you are sitting in your bunk bed totally confident that the waves will not crash your house. That is how we're meant to be. Thank you, Father God, right now. Thank you for the understanding of your kingdom. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus Christ, you're awesome. You've actually done it all. Jesus, you've actually done it all. You've taken away our sins. You've forgiven us. You've, you've, you've given us the mind of Christ. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You have, have seated us in heavenly places. You've given us a new name. We have the Holy Spirit. We need no one to teach us. We have the word of God. All things are ours, things present and things to come. So God, we have no, no more debt. We don't have any physical debt. We don't have any emotional debt. We don't have any offense, God, because we will not be offended, God. We, so we owe no man anything but to love them. So God, we are free right now. And we acknowledge that. We just acknowledge that we are free to love people. You've actually set us up. We're not worried about ourselves. All of that worry, all of that ram is available for the kingdom of God right now. We made a decision. We realized today that we don't need to worry, that there's no need to worry. And you commanded us not to worry So we don't have to worry about death because we're going to live forever. That's the biggest waste of ram in any man's life. We don't have to worry about our provision because you said that all things would be provided, that if we seek first the kingdom, all else is added. So we don't have to worry. So all of that worry, all of those those cares and concerns about money, about cars, about friends, about family, about holidays, we can delete it all and we free up all of our lives for your kingdom. And so I just ask you, Holy Spirit, would you burn up us up? We invite your Holy Spirit. Lord, break those religious and demonic cycles and lustful cycles and generational curses that would keep us in a cycle, Lord, that would keep us in the flesh, that we, where we, every time we go to complaining or we go to overeating or we go to whatever it is worrying or we go to feeling self-pity and, 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 and whatever it is, God, Lord, we just ask that you break it right now with the yoke 
breaking anointing of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you increase the anointing on our lives, increase the fire. Thank you, God, that we've, we've actually don't have to do anything other than run into the fire. Today, we let go. We let go of our own understanding. We let go of our own mind, will, and emotions. We, we transform our mind by the washing of the water of the word. We transform our emotions by the word. We, we transform our will by the word. And we allow and invite and imbibe in your fire, Holy Spirit, that changes us, challenges us, transforms us. We're not looking for problems to go away. We are looking to obey you, Jesus. We're looking to listen and to hear what the Spirit is saying and do it in Jesus' name. And I thank you guys for listening. I've been Jonathan. You've been listening. Thank you.